Greetings, salute and welcome lady beings, gentle wanders and other creatures of the night. This is the Truth or Death podcast created by Lola Hamilton and Ebel, your hosts to diversify your life. It's time for insights on the creative arts scene, hacks and tools for healthier living and hearing stories from voices around the world to share their truth stories. Are you ready to dare your truth? A new episode of the Truth or Death podcast starts now. Today we're having another author's episode and we have a guest who has been here before and we had amazing author chats. So if you haven't listened to the first episode yet, go back to the episode where me and Chantel talk about LGBTQ stuff, horror and so much more because yeah, Chantel is back today. So hello again. Hi again, Lola. Great to be back here today. I'm so excited. Yes, because as we mentioned back in that one episode, uh, we wanted to bring Chantal back to talk more about her book and what she has been up to and stuff like yes. that. So let's dive right in. The first question is, how does it feel to have your book out in the world, first of all? It feels absolutely surreal. I'm so excited to have the book out there. And it's kind of funny because for a while the book was out there. I had it published, but then no one knew about it because I didn't have an idea about how to market it at all. And I just recently finished participating in a little book thing. It was 12 days of thrillers slash dark books. And that was really fun. So it was myself and 11 other really awesome authors. And we were all posting about each other over the 12 days of this little Christmas book thing. And that was really fun. And it brought in some new attention. And I got some good feedback on the cover, some potential new readers. And I was really happy to hear that. Awesome. That sounds fantastic. Yeah. I mean, tell us a bit more about your book, maybe without giving too much spoilers or just how the idea started. I mean, you mentioned Absolutely. some stuff last time. So here we go. So if anyone didn't hear and they're not going back to the first one. So Tortured Innocence is kind of a mixed mash of genres, mainly horror, but it's got some thrilling elements. It's got some LGBTQ themes, a smidge of romance mixed in there. And what it's all about is about a young girl who suffers a very horrific tragedy and there's real world pain and trauma, but it certainly doesn't end there. There's something or someone lurking in the darkness, watching her. And you'll have to read more to find out what or who is lurking in the shadows. It's amazing. Like, I love it so much. Also, the way you present things and stuff. How did you came up with the original idea? Or like, how did it all start mm -hmm. that you came up with this? So what I really wanted to do is first off, I have an idea. I want to write a book. Okay, what's your book going to be about, dearie? And I'm thinking, I know I want it to be dark, and I know I want it to have a villain who's not fully a villain, who's not fully a hero. I was toying with the idea of having an anti-hero, and really I wanted to hit that morally gray villain because I don't like just all good, all bad. There's all these shades in between. And so I was thinking, what are the things that interest me? I like serial killers. I like vampires. I like monsters. And I wanted to make a creation that was all my own. And that's what's lurking in the shadows, something supernatural that isn't the same as everything else that I was seeing on TV. I knew I didn't want to just go with a human serial killer villain 
because I wanted to make these atrocities and these crimes just as far out there as I possibly could. Some people said it was a little too far out there and a little bizarre, but hey, I love some bizarreness. Yeah, and I think it's also what you just said is just like, you know, at the end of the day, we want to see stuff that we haven't seen before. And mm -hmm. like, sometimes that's what gives us the idea to write a book, because like, especially in horror, I think we are so like, kind of like boxed with stereotypes we have seen many yes. times before because like obviously horror in itself splits itself up into like very different categories mm -hmm. but what you just said is also like and I think that makes it so great it's just the clash of genres and ideas you basically put in together because yes. like this is like especially with horror there's so much more than just you know serial killers running around I don't know summer camps killing teenagers exactly <laughs> um so uh, which we also love and stuff and like this is where we came from but mm -hmm. this is also the part where we break things off and make it more diverse and stuff um which kind of like brings me to the to the other question already um so why is or like oh why do we need more um more of this kind of stuff because i mean it's it's so needed that we understand mm -hmm. that horror is so much more than just this one stereotype that we constantly see on media yes what's your opinion on that so my opinion on that, I've heard a lot of like misconceptions of horror from people. I remember when I was trying to get readers for the book and I was describing some different projects that I have and I described them as dark fantasy. And whereas I generally usually default to describing tortured innocence as horror. But if you wanted to, you could also describe it as dark fantasy. And I noticed as soon as I put aside the word horror, there were some people who were more interested in it. And I said, okay, here's the triggers. Here's what's going on. And they're like, oh, well, yeah, I'm still interested in that. It's just, and some people did admit to me that when they heard horror, they shut down in a sense because they thought, well, it's just blood and gore and death and no characterization. And people were saying that reading a horror book is very different than watching a horror movie. Of course, death, people dying, the blood and gore, that's a part of it. But the reason why I think it's so much more is horror explores very realistic themes. The death, of course, but also confusion, loss, and fear. Fear being a really big one that I want to touch on because I've been reading some articles about how reading and consuming horror can actually be a reimagined safe space for healing trauma. And this is an interesting one. Of course, you need to be mindful of your own personal triggers or this is going to make it much worse. But in horror, some of the darkest themes imaginable can be examined. And if people are suffering from some sort of their own psychological trauma, they can read a book and they can either do like one of two things, depending on where this story goes. You can take inspiration from the character's survival or you can do a little vicarious sadism and be, well, at least my life is better than what they're going through kind of thing. And it's all good because it's a book and it's safe. So you can read about these ideas. You can toy with them. You can process them. And then you can close the book. I think reading horror that suits you and your tastes can actually help to build up a sense of psychological resiliency. Oh my God, what you just said is amazing. Cause like, I think what you just brought up is so important. Cause like I mentioned it briefly before, but it's the thing of like horror is so much more than just, as I mentioned, serial killers running around 
summer camps, but for a very yes. long time on media, this was the kind of stereotype that we got mm -hmm. with all the like, like Jason and Freddy's and stuff. And like, I love it. I love it. This is where we come from. But like horror in itself is so much more like we have the monster horror type. We have the serial killer type. Mm -hmm. We have the supernatural side. And then we have horror that happens in our daily lives. And like, there's yes. just so much of a spectrum to explore. Um, and I totally understand where you're coming from. Because like, I classify my books as horror too, but mm -hmm. it's not the main subject. Like it is about, like it's definitely in there because yes. I deal with certain monsters, with certain folklore, where I would definitely not classify this as simply fairy tales, but so mm -hmm. much more. But then also it's the thing of the, the kind of horror that these characters have to deal with in the sense of like this, this could be actually, or this is quite dramatizing what these these characters deal with. And what you also just mentioned is um, trigger warnings. And I think yes. this is also something that is, we, we're going towards that wave where it's really important to also put that in books because, mm -hmm. um, you know, you will always, like, even if you, you're writing the truth and even if you're, when you're writing fiction and it's something that is your retelling in the sense per se, we are writing our truth. And, you know, for example, I often have it, I have a very, very, very dark range of like to scare me a lot of stuff needs to happen because I just consume horror stories a yes lot. So, so I don't really have to oh that was scary and like <laughs> it's only then when my readers come back to me and say like you do realize that's really like what you do there that's quite dark and then I'm like yes. oh yeah let's put a trigger warning in there because even if it's not scary for yourself or like even if you go like yeah Maybe it's not that scary for someone, but you never know what people have been dealing with in their own life or what they are afraid exactly. of. So it's always nice to put that in there as well. And um, what, what you also said, I thought was really interesting is the, the healing aspect to it. Because like mm -hmm. overall, I think what we often forget is that sometimes you know, healing can happen not only when we go to therapy and stuff, but sometimes it happens when we find certainty, certain media, certain art out there that helps yes. us understand and express our own emotions. So mm -hmm. I thought that was a really cool, cool insight that you gave us as well, which is so important that art in itself can be a form of healing in a sense. And it's really important to, to also take that on because like, no matter if you if you read a horror book or if you read YA or whatever it is that you really <laughs> like, um, fiction and creation from art can be so much more than just. And I think that's also what, what what you know what's one of the greatest things of being an author is just like knowing that you might inspire. Obviously, we're not talking about like please don't do anything that our villains do. Oh, yeah, don't don't <laughs> take inspiration from the villains. No, you're not allowed to be them. <laughs> I mean that that does happen too but you know like I think that's that's a whole other conversation of like yes what, what we as society have as responsibility to <laughs> make sure that there are certain things not happening yeah um spontaneously I just want to ask you how was the process for you with like writing the book and like going through it and stuff like what was the the best and maybe the the, the challenge of it as well 
I think the best part about writing the book was there was like a big chunk. It was just like six months of writing where everything flowed really, really easily. And I remember like I'd be feeling like bone tired and I'd be exhausted and think I want to go to bed. But I was writing it all out by hand and I'm thinking, no, I'm going to sit here and I'm just going to write at least like one page. And I remember in those moments of like pushing through the I don't want to write. And but it felt like, well, I'm not going to go to sleep if I haven't written anything. I need to have at least written something. It felt almost as like silly as saying like, oh, I'm not going to write. Well, that's like saying I'm not going to breathe. At one point, I had my arm in a cast and I'm writing with my left hand, my non-dominant hand. At another point, I sprained um, three of my fingers again on my dominant hand. So I'm just like, I will be writing with my left hand. <laughs> So just like these things, and even like through these injuries, I still wanted to write the book. And then the hard part for a while was the ending, because there were three variations of the ending at first. And then I would like put the book aside and I'd be like, it's not, it's not working. I don't, I don't know what I'm doing. So finally, I'm like, combing through this handwritten draft and typing everything up. And then as I'm in the process of doing that, it hits me as I'm listening to this song, um, Girl on Fire by Arshad. It was done in the theme of the Hunger Games. And so when I hear this song, I finally, I had the ending and then the rest of the ending came in a dream. And so then I was just like, yes. And then writing that ending was just like the whole like two week period of just basically me like isolating myself in my room. I barely remember eating or sleeping. I was just like, I need to write the ending. I thought I could write the ending in a day, but then the ending took on a little life of its own and added all these extra bonus scenes. So the best part of the writing was getting into these very beautiful flow states. And then the hard part was like, the necessary waiting in between, which comes with a project when you kind of just you have to put it aside because you, you just need to take a step back. You need to. You don't want to. Yeah. And I'm just like, I want to get my book done. Yeah. Uh, if anything, I can 100 percent confirm that from my last book, book experience, because like mm -hmm. we brought like we wrote out the English version of the like the republishing this year. And then one month later, we did the German version. And if anything of the process I have learned is that we should have taken more time for the German version. Mm -hmm. Regardless of that, I'm happy as it come out. I, I'm always, <laughs> this goes out to my editorial team and people who have to work with me on grammar ways. So mm -hmm. I'm, I'm, a, I'm an editor myself, um, but I'm the worst with editing my own stuff. I hate it. Oh, I completely it. agree. It's just, it makes me uncomfortable to like not not in the sense of like oh this is all bullshit it's not about mm -hmm. that it just it's the most boring thing for me because like as a, I'm a storyteller I I yes. tell the stories I, I create the characters I create the world I do all that kind of stuff then I write it down and then I just want it out of my sight basically yes. so like going back to it like the hardest for me is always the edit like the editorial process where we discuss the characters and stuff mm -hmm. is great because it's always the thing of like maybe I should think about this more or maybe about this but when we come back to the whole like layout and the polishing, I think it's the most boring thing out there. And I respect everyone who does it, like who has the mm -hmm. patience to constantly do it. And um, as I said, like I'm, it's different, for example, when my friends send me stuff, I'm just like, yeah, let me read it. Because it's also it excites me because the stuff that yes. I haven't seen that I haven't read. So I love working on it. But my own stuff, I'm the worst when it comes to that. And I get so impatient as well. And mm -hmm. like 
this is basically why the the German version has so many mistakes as well because we were kind of like under pressure on like this has to be out at that point that's the deadline and if anything I can take from it is just that you know sometimes it's better to just give it another breath give it another couple of weeks and stuff like that to just really make sure that you get everything in there and taking a step back is just sometimes what you need and I think that's it's so mm-hmm. crucial and essential in itself as well. Cause like something like I'm a, I'm actually quite a fast writer. Like when I have the idea set in the notes, yes. I can speed write the stuff that I need to write down. But what usually takes longer for me is the whole setup, how it comes to this point. Um, mm-hmm. And then to have the, the kind of courage to step away from it and be like, no, no, we're going to rest, let this rest for like at least, I don't know, three days. And then we're going to come back to it. But it's yes. so, so healthy to do that because sometimes it's just like you're blocking yourself more when you try to constantly work on it. And then you might miss a detail or you might might miss a moment because you read it so many times again and again. Exactly. That it just becomes this habit of like, oh, I've been here like 20 times. And especially when you, when you come from like publishing again and again and again, it gets to this point yeah. of like, I want to continue the story. Like now I want to write the next book and not just constantly go over the first one, but it really helps. And it's I, what you also said, with just isolating yourself. I relate mm-hmm. to that a lot because like I have these moments where I'm literally like, I cannot talk to anyone. I cannot be on social media. I just need to get this done right now. Most likely in a like space just for myself where no one is going to interrupt me and then I'm going to do it and I think like this counts for a lot of authors out there that we just have our space where it's just like all right let's do this and yeah so I 100% relate to what you just shared with us is there any kind of like advice that you would much like share as well I think my biggest piece of advice is I know not everyone likes outlining And I recommend outlining in just like some form or another, even if you're very much a panster when it comes to writing, have a general idea of like what you want to be in the beginning, you know, some events in the middle and have a point, like have a direction that you're going with for the ending. I think one thing that we can easily do as authors is maybe we have a great idea. We get into it. We write like, I don't know, 10, 20,000 words. And then we realize, no, it's just, it's just not there. I'm not saying you have to like outline every single chapter, but a general plan when you're in that early phase of an idea, try to avoid getting swept up with too much excitement because then it's very devastating when a project will like fall apart like that. You're like, oh, this idea was so brilliant. Well, maybe it would work better as a short story, not a full length novel, or you want a novella. So have some kind of idea to tamper down that excitement just for a little bit. And then once you have the plan, then you can dive full on into the writing because I come up with very detailed outlines for my books And then some parts are like really skeletal, but it's a guide for me. And then that allows me to write fairly quickly. And sometimes I look at my outline and I go, that's stupid. I'm not doing that now. But I I had an idea where I was going and then I just switch direction slightly, make some notes and then continue on. Also, having that framework is really good to avoid any sort of writer's block. Say you're writing this really intense fight scene. No, I don't know. And then just write. They keep fighting, put it in bold so you see it, 
go on to the next scene. Then you can come back, you can add that on later. If you get stuck on one particular detail, just go to the next thing if you know where you're going. Yes, I can also confirm these, these tips that you just gave. Because like for me, it's also, it's a thing of like, <laughs> I used to have this terrible thing of like writing notes with just like saying, for example, Killing and Jagor scene. Mm -hmm. And then I used to come back I, to these yes. notes and I was like, what do I mean with this? And like, what is this? Yes. Like where, what is happening? And like, my advice is like, at least like characters, place, mm -hmm. and maybe a couple of adjectives that give you an idea of like what the scene is meant to be about. Because yes. you, will, you will most likely have situations where you have to stop writing at some point, but and then you need to be able to get back to your notes and understand what you were writing about and what yes. you just said is also what I do is like some because sometimes especially when like I'd always try to write the plot chronological so I'm never mm -hmm. that person that goes I'm going to write chapter 23 and then I'm going to write chapter <laughs> one like people who do that I respect you so much because it would confuse the hell out of me but what I do is that sometimes when I have like certain scenes where I just feel like I don't have the essence yet what I do then is just basically look at my notes and then for example if I know okay there's a scene coming after this that I definitely <laughs> want to write today I just put in the character names the place and what is going to happen yes. roughly so that I know that I can come back to it at some point and just be like ah oh, yeah we you still need to write that scene or like this scene maybe needs more <laughs> detail and stuff like that but the best thing that you or like in my opinion is what you can do especially with the first draft because I know that some people are like there's always this thing of like how are we gonna deal with the first draft because a lot mm -hmm. of a lot of times um I'm also like yeah this doesn't really make sense or like there's something missing here and stuff but that's the thing about the first draft the first draft is all about just getting it out mm -hmm. and then you're going to come back to it and then it's going to be draft two draft three like the yes. amount of times before like I think the first version that we went out when it really was first published was like still eight times then with the republishing, I think we had at least 10 or 11 times until it was completely finished. And that's the, that's the kind of like, you know, the more you do it, obviously at some point you just have to put the pen down. That's really important. Yes. Like you cannot edit it forever. Cause it's like, especially I think what's important to understand is like we as writers, we most likely grow faster than the book. Mm -hmm. So the moment we start writing the book, and then it obviously comes out like, I don't know, eight months later. In these mm -hmm. eight months, we have experienced life in so, like there's so much happening that might have influenced the book if, if we would have written it in that moment now. But that's the beauty of it. Like at some point, you're just going to stop, you bring it out and then you say, yeah, maybe I should have done this and this. But, you know, especially when you write series and stuff, or even if you don't write series, you know, yes. like be proud of yourself for just bringing it out because like, as I said, you will always find one or the other detail that could have been better, that could have been, you know, changed and stuff like that. But, you know, that's, I agree. that's, that's the beauty of it to just say, okay, this is how it feels right right now. And then we're going to go from there. And I think like the essence is also as author, like if we would just constantly write, we wouldn't experience life. So at some point you also have to then live live again to just get, you know, new inspirations and stuff like that. So. Oh, I 100% agree because 
And it's like, I've heard writers talk about this before. And, you know, like if you are just glued to the keyboard all the time or pen to paper all the time, there's an entire world out there. And it's so amazing. Like just the things you can take in on like a five minute walk around your neighborhood, having a conversation with a different person, watching a new show, creativity involves, it's like a flower. You need to water it and you need to give it nutrients. If you're just constantly tending to the soil, that's good, but you do need other things as well to keep it growing. Yes, absolutely. And one more thing I'd like to share is I used to have this giant bias of being afraid of reading something similar to my work. Like mm -hmm. when, for example, when people came up to me like, this really reminds me of this book. And I used to be like, ah, oh, great. I'm not going to read it then because I'm afraid of like looking at it and like, this is the same. But this is the yes. thing, like, even if we have a similar storyline or a similar setting or some, like, for example, my, like I have now created, or like I'm, I'm starting to evolve the world where the whole, whole series plays in around the revolution series. But mm -hmm. the, the, the original idea was basically an equivalent to London and like London has been used in so many fantasy series and just in itself and like magical London non-magical London and then Victorian London and yes London nowadays so like there are so many different Londons out there but it's not my London it's not the exactly the original idea that I'm going to use so essentially we can't invent the real new but we will tell our truth and our story through our own eyes and that is what makes mm -hmm. it so unique and it's so important and don't be afraid to read what's currently on the market and stuff because like I think it's also because the, the more you read, the more you extend your world field as well. And it kind yes. of gives you a flair and understanding. For example, I try to read a lot of like YA and fantasy stuff so mm -hmm. that I'm kind of like aware of like what's roughly going on. And also to just, you know, see. And for, for example, I love reading stuff about folklore. And like there mm -hmm. have been books where there was retelling of Loki. And I might not agree with every retelling and stuff, but it's still inspiring to read like what people come up with on and the different versions of it. And um, yes, it's a good, it's a, it's a really good in, inspiration. The, the importance here is also that obviously you shouldn't like be afraid of like, if something is similar to yours, don't be afraid to still write your own story. And also I would say, don't be afraid to be openly or openly say like, yeah, this book inspired me to do this character. Mm -hmm. Cause I think that's so great about, what sometimes happens that when we read characters or when we see characters on tv shows that gives us inspiration to for example because a lot of people were like is Gideon someone that you met like in real life and stuff mm -hmm. and I'm like technically yes ish because I started watching the magicians and Elliot the character kind of gave me the roughly idea for his presence first so mm -hmm. that's something where my inspiration for Killian came from. And then I used to have this time where I was going to a lot of like magician shows in London. And that's kind of like how the whole essence got together. Um, and that's something that is so amazing to share, to, to see that we can constantly inspire one another and just take inspiration from different sources. And I remember that. There was no specific like episode or serial killer, but I started watching Criminal Minds and there would be like certain episodes where, you know, they're more of like the charming psychopath. And I just I wanted more of those episodes. It could be like a five minute clip where the killer is pretending to be nice to the victim or there's something involving. I remember when I first saw Stockholm Syndrome. 
on television. And I was fairly young when I saw that too. And like my family would always be watching TV in the background. Sometimes I'd get like chewed away. It's like, oh, nope, nope, she's around. Nope, not, not watching that show right now. But like when I saw like what Stockholm syndrome was and everyone was cooperating, I asked my grandfather who was a police officer um, and he explained what Stockholm syndrome was to me. And I remember thinking, sounds that sounds very fascinating I like that idea I was just like I don't know I was a little and I think everyone's looking at me like uh-oh uh, are we raising a little serial killer over here and I want to tell my grandma it's like oh I, I want to start writing books about this stuff and it's like oh oh good good yes write about it just don't don't do any of that stuff your mind looks like it's eat evil and turning in certain ways and so she was encouraging me being like well um I know how much you like you love these shows and I loved all these like dark crime shows and my my biggest complaint was it always ended and I just wanted more of it I wanted more details I wanted to know what the bad guy was feeling what the victims were thinking and I just thought it was lacking and that's where I kind of got the idea of exploring the psychology more and more. I think that's also so interesting what you just mentioned because I think that's such a like every writer in itself has it because like at some point when you do your research you're gonna start mm -hmm. researching really weird stuff like even mm -hmm. if you're like the things that I have researched where someone would look up into my google research oh my is very concerning <laughs> but like it's the thing of like because like sometimes you're like la 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 writing process and then you're like how to stab someone with a knife <laughs> And, mm -hmm. and stuff like that because you like you just have to try and see how you get into this the the scenery and stuff or like all these kind of stuff that at some point you're gonna do your research for but that's kind of like the author habit of like then we're just gonna look these things up and I think what we also have I mean nowadays like my one one favorite source is literally just YouTube because like YouTube has yes. so many inside interviews and and quick explanation videos and stuff like that which is just so great to just type it in and then ah okay this is how you do this and this is how you do that and obviously this like what I also like to do is always try to speak to someone that has the own experience especially mm -hmm. for example when it comes to race and I'm writing about characters that have a different heritage because I have quite a diverse friends group and like yes. no people and stuff um but you know it's it's never it's never wrong to just also try to get different viewpoints in and just see what you can do about it um but yeah I'm so so with you on the part of like <laughs> this is <laughs> this is fictional this is not what we do in real life this is our research part right um is there anything else that you would like to share that you haven't shared yet um, I am working on a backstory to my dark, evil, like villain. He was only supposed to be getting one book and the one book, the rough draft has been completed. And I think he's going to have two more. So it's a, it's a trilogy of his background story. And I'm very excited about that. And coming early in January, I have participated in a collaboration with Stuart Knott, Harriet Everand, Jessica Huntley, and Alice Stone. Alice and I, we wrote a, um, we both wrote a short story as part of a big horror collaboration called The Summoning. Oh my god, that's amazing. I love how you like, I've got this and this and this. So there's more <laughs> stuff coming, guys. 
yes, I've I'm working on things. I think I've, I've got another um, collaboration project in the works with Harriet. She's a very talented horror author as well. Some other ideas on the back burner and it's, it's a lot of writing. So if you want to check out Tortured Innocence, I know there's just one book out now, but I've got more coming for you people. Yes, yes. So if you haven't ordered it or haven't checked it out, uh, go, go ahead and do that, please. Um, thank you so much for being with us today. It's been honestly an absolute pleasure again to have you here and have these chats. And I'm certain considering we, we both have more projects going on mm -hmm. that Chantal will be back at some point and um, discuss more thoughts with us. But if you guys say now, like, could you give us more advice? Could you just tell us more about like your author path and stuff? Please feel free to reach out to us and just check that out um, we always love to hear all your voices around the world and what you guys think and stuff um, so you can always reach out to us on instagram and social media and obviously via email as well and yeah, absolutely all the all the links will be in the show notes and yeah next time hopefully we will be back with more inspiring stories so thank you for being here today with me uh, and thank you so much for having me lola i appreciate it yes thanks and um yeah, wherever you're on the world right now, day, night, on your way to sleep, we hope you have lovely, wonderful dreams. And we hear you at the next time on the GG Inside You Show. Bye!